Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. With me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and aspiring theology professor. I want to thank all of you for joining us today, wherever you might find yourself. And before we hop into this episode, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really, really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and just to spread the word. All right. So we will get to this week's letter in just a few moments. But Jessica, first, how was your week and what's been going on in Jessica land? What's been going on? Um, it's been an interesting week. I feel like um, it's one of those weeks that feels a bit like a roller coaster and, you know, very, very full, a lot of things going on, um, some emotional highs and lows, but again, mm. highs, highs and lows. And so lots of things to uh, be grateful for and to um, rejoice over as well as just, you know, kind of in the grind as it were, um, and just really working on Reservations to my dissertation uh, chapters and just hoping to hoping to defend that in the spring. Uh, just yeah, re- <laughs> really would love love to be done in, in the near future. So uh, working hard on that, but you know, bringing alongside um, just re- rest and enjoyment in the midst of that. Um, I finally got to take a lovely warm bath the other night, which is just oh. so just felt so luxurious. <laughs> yeah, you know, just sitting and uh, having. I love the candle. Uh, oh. The candle that you sent me is just so, so lovely <laughs> just to have that, that connection. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a good week with hard, hard spots, but, but good mm. on the whole. Full yeah. in every sense of the word. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And just yeah. still so, so, so enjoying the fall weather, oh, the colors, yes. the breeze walking outside. It's been such an important thing to prioritize that. Honestly, honestly, yes. It's very sad that we only get one fall every year. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This week was incredibly busy for me as well. Um, It was just one of those weeks where as soon as I just had like finished one task, there are just about five other tasks that were in line and going like, hey, are you going to get me done? So I was just running around from, you know, task to task and really just trying not to fall asleep on the subway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the highlight of my week was a date day that I got to have with Nathan, my husband. We had both been very busy lately, hadn't found the time to just have a date And so this week we had sectioned off a Thursday afternoon and it's like the one day that, you know, I wasn't going to be out of the house working. He was going to be able to put off his work just a little bit. And so of course, Thursday afternoon arrives and it's raining. And, um, and we just had both had this moment of, okay, well, should we just put it off? Like, should we just stay in? It's just so much easier to stay in where it's dry and warm. And of course in New York, you know, you do not have a car. And so the rain is just like the biggest hassle because you will be stuck in it no matter what. 
Um, but we decided, no, we really need to make this date happen because, you know, the fall is just going to whirl by. It's both of our favorite. Um, it's our favorite season as well. And so we just decided, no, let, let's go out and have our, our little date. And even in the nasty weather, it was honestly, it was so much fun. I was just really glad that we carved out that time. And we went to this place called the Island, which is just like, it's right by Chelsea Piers here. And it's right on the river. It's just this like little extension, like Island thing that they built that you can just kind of walk around and, you know, take pictures and everything. And, um, we got coffee and we wandered through a bookstore and it was just really worth it. And yeah, of course the weather wasn't ideal, but we chose to have a good time and to be glad and just be in each other's presence. And so all that to say, if you haven't gone on a date with your husband or um, boyfriend, or even just had a friend date with a friend of yours, I encourage you to carve out that time this week. Even if it's not ideal or perfect, you, I think will be very glad that you took the time. I would agree. Yeah. So even if it's last minute, I think I'm the kind of person that likes to plan ahead for things and likes to anticipate them because there's a lot of, there's a lot of joy in looking forward to something, but we got to have a fun date night this last week as well. And it was more of like, we decided like that afternoon kind of via text, like, Hey, let's Mm. do a date night tonight. And it was just so fulfilling. It was really just a rich opportunity to connect. And yeah, I, I echo that, um, encouragement, make, make time. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to our, um, for our letter for today. It deals with feeling like the past isn't truly in the past and how regrets can continue to affect us deeply. Here we go. Dear Wallflower, I write this in a little bit of a desperate place. I'm 24 and relatively new to faith in the grand scheme of things. I didn't grow up a Christian. My family didn't really believe in anything. Fast forward to a few years ago when a friend of mine took me to her church and I started getting more and more interested in Christianity. Since then, I've become a believer. I go to church every week. I'm becoming more familiar with the Bible and I'm doing what I can to find more community. I'm the only one in my family that is now a Christian. One thing that's been holding me back is my past. Being that I didn't grow up with this belief system, I kind of made a lot of dumb decisions, specifically with guys, that I'm really regretting now. I'm struggling with figuring out how to not constantly feel like I'm damaged or bad because of my past, especially when I compare myself to the girls who grew up Christian. And of course, every time I express this, I met with, you're forgiven. But if I'm honest, I don't feel like I am. Is there such a thing as getting over my past and how can I start to move past my regrets and not let them have such a hold on me? Sincerely hoping to heal. Jessica, what are your thoughts for hoping to heal? This is such an important letter. Um, As much as I've been looking forward to addressing it, because I think it's so important, I also feel just a little bit unqualified, if I could mm-hmm. say that up front. Um, I hope that what I say is encouraging and helpful, but I also want to recognize that I'm not a professional in this kind of area. And um, we'll see when you get to my my recommendations in terms of 
ne- good, I think good next steps for hoping to heal. But I want to start by thanking her for writing and sending this letter. I imagine mm-hmm. that there are many listening who can identify with her story and her questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, while relational, emotional, and sexual boundaries and choices are such an important topic and ones that Christian, uh, the Christian faith helps us to approach in a thoughtful, healthy, and God-honoring way, We need to recognize that many women who are now followers of Jesus have not necessarily been following Jesus all their lives. Mm. This means that many women identifying as believers today may be carrying heavy, shaming baggage from decisions that were made and actions that were taken in, in years past. So let me say clearly here at the beginning to our friend, you are not defined by your past. In Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. The choices that you made before you knew Jesus do not have the final say. And as she says, others have assured her, you know, if she has sought forgiveness from our good father by faith in Christ, that she is indeed forgiven. And this is such good news. Mm -hmm. That being said, however, this forgiveness and the newness that comes with faith in Jesus does not magically make all the hurt of past decisions Mm -hmm. disappear. I wish, I wish it did. I really wish it did, but it doesn't. Um, our choices have real and often lasting consequences. Even when wounds heal, they frequently leave a scar. So in saying this, I, I mean that I think it's natural that we would feel the weightiness of past decisions. What we do in our lives affects us deeply, which is why we take such care to establish and protect healthy boundaries when we have the ability to do so. Hoping to heal admits that she has regrets. The pain of those choices does not automatically disappear and never, um, it doesn't necessarily never rear its head again just because that she is in Christ. I'll say a little bit more about this soon when I get uh, to answer her questions directly, but there Mm -hmm. is hope. I want to address um, right now the fact that she says she feels held back by her past. Yeah. While I'm not sure exactly what she means, I'm guessing that based on the letter as a whole, she may be feeling held back from being fully in, you know, fully in the community, the church community that she's a part of, or maybe the church um, universal worldwide, as it were. Uh, perhaps she doesn't feel, quote, good enough because of her past. Um, perhaps she feels like her past keeps her from friendships or from feeling connected to the body of Christ, maybe even keeps her from romantic relationships. And it seems to me that this is likely fostered by the comparison that she mentions, uh, looking at the lives of other women who grew up in the church, Uh, whether she knows their stories or not, she is either working from what she's heard um, from them or assumptions that she's making about their lives. I don't in any way want to diminish the significance of what she's gone through, But I want to encourage Hoping to Heal not to view herself as damaged or as less than. While it is true that she can't undo her past, she is not worth less than those with whom she's comparing herself. They are all daughters of the King, beloved Mm -hmm. in the eyes of God. They are made in his image and imbued with dignity. As much as other girls may not seem to have made poor decisions in their past, First, she may not know their whole stories. And second, we are all in dire need of God's grace. None of us lives a perfect life. Uh, there, are all, there are different kinds of dirt 
so to speak, <laughs> you know, so don't let comparison be a barrier to healing. I'm also curious about why she doesn't feel forgiven. Um, is there something in her that doesn't feel repentant? I mean, I would imagine that that's not the case. So I want to be careful in asking that question. Um, but, you know, just something to consider. Uh, does she feel like she ought to have known better? I feel like that might be possible. I mean, it seems quite possible. Um, and it's honestly, that's a really just insidiously devious tool of the enemy to keep us stuck in shame. This idea of, well, you know, you should have known better. You shouldn't have done, you know, such and such. So um, thinking, thinking about my, my own self, I, I used to be that kind of bony fingered Christian, you know, like in high school, would <laughs> call people out for using foul language, language, like watch your language, you know? And uh, eventually it really struck me that not only was my critical approach not going to be a very good witness of the love of Christ, mm. but also I, I couldn't expect non-believers to align with the standards that I felt my own faith provided for me. So even though God desires such goodness for all of his creation, we ought not to be surprised when those who don't call Jesus Lord live contrary to his ways. So in this former season of hoping to heal his life when she was not under the Lordship of Christ, she didn't necessarily know or care about such standards. Um, so I would encourage her to sit with the question, why do I not feel forgiven? Hmm. And see what, what, what comes to the surface when she asks that. I think it'll be important for her to get an idea of what barriers are presenting themselves. Hmm. So with all that said, I'll finish up by addressing her direct questions. Um, to answer her first question, is there such a thing as getting over my past? I would say yes and no. Hmm. Yes, in the sense that becoming a new creation in Christ enables us to move past our old ways, to step out of darkness and into light. We are no longer defined by our past, but by what God says of us. We have been set free from the bondage of sin and death. We can walk in newness of life. On the other hand, I do say no in the sense that our memories are not wiped clean. Who we are today is in part a conglomeration of all the various choices and actions we have made and taken over the courses of our lives. Her past is a part of her in a very real way, but not in so strong a way as if it were still an active role in making up her current identity. So that makes sense. Um, I'll explain it just lastly in this way. Open wounds can heal over and become scars. Uh, there will still be remembrance, but the intensity of the pain can lessen over time, especially by God's grace in reminding us of our true identity, both now and to come. So in saying yes and no, I hope to emphasize that the yes is stronger. Hmm. I simply don't want to overlook the fact that there will be remembrance of the past, but it doesn't have to define who she is now and moving forward. And then to address her second question, how she can start to move past her regrets, not letting them have such a hold on her. I would advise her to consider seeing a Christian counselor. Mm. It sounds like this issue is causing pain that is both deeply felt and felt on a regular basis. It's holding her back from growth in Christ and in Christian community. Um, if it were an open wound, I would send her to a medical professional. <laughs> so this is like the equivalent of an open wound to the soul. Um, she would likely benefit from seeing a professional. 
And I want to add that it's important that this particular situation that sorry, in this particular situation, she seek out someone both qualified as a counselor and someone who shares her faith. So because these hurts and questions are fundamentally linked to the change in her life due to becoming a Christian, it's vital that she meet with someone who can understand the complexities of that journey. Yeah. And then I just say too, on a personal level, I would encourage hoping to heal, practice seeing yourself as God sees you. I think you can do that by writing down a list of truths about your identity in Christ drawn from scripture that you can meditate on each day. For example, you might write, I am loved. I am held. I am seen. You can also write them about God in terms of his actions toward you or ways that you might name him based on his actions. So something like you are the God who sees me, Hmm. you are my savior, or you are my healer. Keep in mind that none of this is meant to be a quick fix. Life is far more complex than that, but there is hope and healing to be found. I hope you feel encouraged by this. That was honestly incredible advice, Jessica. I know you feel like maybe you were uh, not qualified or... (laughs) Or something like that. But honestly, I, I, that was very, very touching advice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was really beautiful, especially what really, um, kind of resonated with me is this is like an open wound to the heart. That's such a beautiful mm-hmm. and also painful way to put it, but it, it really is. Um, I think that that's a really helpful way to see, um, our, our pains and our struggles. Um, this is a really important topic to cover. And I feel like it's one that is often sort of swept under the rug and not truly dealt with in a life-giving and significant way. So thank you to hoping to heal for being vulnerable and honest about what you're facing. I have a feeling there are a lot of other women in your position who haven't felt the freedom to be open about this particular struggle. Yeah. I can identify with some of what you expressed. I did not grow up Christian, um, you know, in the Christian world either. I was not surrounded with believers and and people who instilled in me this sense of having been created and therefore holding inherent value. So because of that, I can definitely identify with your perception of girls and women who did grow up in the faith it truly can feel like it's this us and them, you know, like they are the type of good Christian that you will never be because you came to your faith just a little bit later in life than they did. And you had made a few mistakes along the way. I first want to encourage Hoping to Heal to take a step away from comparison because it never adds anything of value to your internal conversation. The truth is that we have all sinned. Even those of us who grew up in seemingly perfect Christian families, I promise you, they've made their own mistakes, even if they weren't the same ones as yours. You are telling a different story than they are. That's okay. And I think seeing your life as as your own story is really helpful, especially if you struggle with a past, which is the very thing that you can't go back and change, right? That's what makes it so painful. You mentioned in your letter that your past causes you to constantly feel bad and damaged. 
And I can identify with these feelings, but we all have our own story to tell. And from what I read in your letter, yours is one of redemption, growth, and strength. And I think it could be helpful for you to use these words to describe where you've been and who you are now, instead of words that are condemning and make you feel stuck in this box. And you mentioned that you were the only one in your family who believes. That takes a lot of courage to be the only one who says, I'm changing my ways. I'm choosing to live this way. I'm going to live by these values. I'm learning more about my faith, even when I don't have this community at home to back me up. This is your story. And I think that is incredibly powerful and beautiful. So I also encourage you, as you look at at the narrative of your life, to look forward. Because we can spend a lot of time wishing to change the past. But we have to shift our focus forward and see, okay, what is the story that I have left to tell? So that would be another um, another part of the of the seeing your life as a story. Um, another thing that struck me in your letter is how you mentioned that anytime you try to share this struggle with someone you are met with, you're forgiven, but you still don't feel like you are. Here is something that I've learned because I've also struggled with this you might never actually feel it. And I don't say this to make you feel hopeless, like, oh, well, great, I'm never gonna feel great about myself. I say this to offer you some freedom here. You can't wait until you believe something or, you know, I'm sorry, you can't wait until you to believe something until you feel it. You can't rely on your feelings here because they don't always mm-hmm. tell you the truth. That's a great point. You have to rely on what Jesus has said to be true, what God has said to be true about you. Second Corinthians um, 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Old life is gone. A new life has begun. I encourage you to move away from basing what you believe to be true about yourself on your feelings. And I think what you meant when you said that you feel held back by your past is that because of the, for lack of a better word, because of the nature of your regrets, you aren't allowed to be loved by God and made new, that you are not allowed the access um, to, the, to the title of a follower of Christ because you aren't cut from the right cloth. But Jesus was not someone who sought out the supposedly perfect people. He did not look at pasts and mistakes as, oh, well, you know, too bad. You didn't know me earlier, but you know, before you send, but now that you have like, sorry, you can't be my group. No. He said, go and sin no more. Move forward and change because now you know him. Jesus wants you to be around because he created you. He values you and he loves you. That doesn't change. You're doing the right thing here. You are choosing to answer and follow God. I want to second Um, Jessica's encouragement to find a counselor because I I do think you need someone who can speak into these specific struggles and regrets and you need guidance and encouragement in this time, especially as someone who's new to faith. And I agree with Jessica. It's really important to find someone who does share your faith and will be able to speak wisely about it. So take your time and try out a a few different counselors if you need to. You don't have to stick with the very first one you talk to. It's a little bit like dating in that way. 
you have to connect and feel like your personalities and their counseling style really suits you. Another thought is, I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who accept you and know where you have been and who you have been and the things that you regret and still offer you grace and love and now push you to to be better and, and, and encourage you to be better as you are already doing yourself. But it's it's important to find people who are also privy to what you are going through and what you um, have been through. And I also think watch stories and read books about redemption, about people who overcame struggles and 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 overcame pasts that they never thought they would get past. Something like Les Miserables, you know? Exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> Love it. It's just like the best, right? It's it's the paradigm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, lastly, just realize there's no such thing as a perfect person. You are in the same boat as everyone else. It doesn't feel like it, but you are. Everyone has made mistakes. Everyone looks back and says, wow, I really regret that decision. All of us are messed up. We all need help. And God offers that to us. So again, thank you so much for sending this letter in, hoping to heal. And now it is time for our May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we've been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really, really happy. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I had been looking forward to sharing this. Um, (laughs) So having mentioned my date night with my husband, we went to um, a lovely wine bar Mm. where you can get you know, a full glass or half glass or even quarter glass pours. And so if you get something small, like a quarter glass, you can try a couple different things. And, um, we're kind of those people that instead of just sticking with like, Oh, this is the one thing that I like, you know, we were like, want to try all the different things that we've never tried before. And, Mm. uh, this week I chose one of the wines I chose is called Pinot Meunier and that's spelled M E U. N-I-E-R for those of you out there um, who are interested in checking it out. Pinot Meunier. <laughs> it's in the Pinot family. So Pinot Gris, Pinot Blanc, Pinot, wow. um, Pinot Noir, Pinotage. Like these are all related to one another. And Pinot Meunier is typically known as um, one of the three grapes that goes into champagne. So champagne is made with Chardonnay grapes, Pinot Meunier and Pinot Noir. Mm. So yes, it's not colored, but they don't leave the grapes um, or the juice on with the skin. So it doesn't get that, that, um, pigmentation. So I'm getting a little nerdy here. I love talking about wine. It's super fun. Um, but anyway, this Pinot Meunier was grown in California. And so, um, had an opportunity, I think to get some more sunshine and some more sugar development. And, uh, it's just really, um, it's not, it's not a sweet wine. It's dry. Um, but it has this, just this lovely kind of jammy characteristic. Mm. It's kind of a strawberry cherry sorts of flavors in it. And, um, it's just, very delightful. And it's fun. I just feel like it's fun to, um, for those of us, like, like I said, Daniel and I like to try all different kinds of things, but I also can be very much, this is the one thing I order when I'm here. Like this is my <laughs> favorite dish, whatever, you know, not, I don't want to, I don't want to expand outside of my comfort zone. So <laughs> it's funny how different areas of our lives might be marked by d- a different side of that perspective. So I would just encourage people who maybe 
are like, oh, I only like white wine or I don't drink wine. I mean, that's, you don't, don't drink wine. That's fine. But you know, <laughs> for people that want to explore a little bit, see if you can find a Pinot Meunier. It's very, Ooh. very fun. It's, it's more on the light, lighter side too, in, in terms of, you know, put it in the Pinot Noir kind of category as it were. Mm, stunning. The, the wonderful suggestion for our listeners over 21. <laughs> exactly. That's the caveat. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I am always so impressed with people that know things about wine. I don't know a whole lot, but I, it, it's always just incredible to me that the artistry and the science behind what makes a wine taste a certain way. That's, that's always really fun. So thank you for giving us a little, um, I had never heard of Pinot, Pinot Meunier. Is that what it was? Pinot Meunier. Never heard of that. Wow. All right. This week, my suggestion is a music playlist. So I love working with some music in the background and I know some people will need silence in order to get anything done, but I'm definitely someone that music can just make me like, just get in this mindset of creativity and thoughtfulness and focus. And, uh, it has to be a certain type of music for me though. So one playlist I, or type of playlist I normally, um, look for is like a dark academia playlist. If I'm, you know, very serious and like studious at the moment, (laughs) but, um, a lot of times my, my more go-to is a playlist with a lot of indie singer songwriter music, you know, with guitars and soft vocals and that type of thing. And so I have found that the best indie playlist on YouTube, I don't know if they're anywhere else, but they're on YouTube for sure, is called Indie Folk Central. I think that's like the, you know, creator name. And they put out a couple playlists a month and they're typically a few hours in length. So you can definitely get some good work done while you listen to it. And they just have this perfect mix of beautiful music that I'll stop and listen to for a little while. And then I'll be also be able to return to my work and get some work done. And it just, I have found a lot of indie playlists don't get the, for lack of a better word, vibe (laughs) that I'm going for, but indie folk central always hits the spot for me. So if you were looking for that type of playlist, I would suggest trying them out. Good stuff. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners get in contact with you and check out what you're up to? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, and then on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. Wonderful. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials, be friendly, reach out. I'm always happy to hear from any of you. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.